Welcome back to Behind the Play. Uh, uh, today, we're going to have a bit of a different kind of uh, um, podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Adam Iafredi, who who works for Sportsnet. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the NHL trade deadline. That might have been a dud deadline, but there was a lot of big moves leading up to it. So uh, thanks so much for for taking the time, Adam, and, and coming on. Thanks for having me. And I, yeah, I'm not... Uh... I'm not too, uh, typically talking about hockey too much on podcasts, but I love I love hockey. Obviously, I grew up playing it and a uh, big Leaf fan as well. But uh, glad we'll never get the opportunity to talk a little bit about NHL. Well, thanks so much uh, for coming on. And I think maybe in the future we will have a little segment. Uh, I'll preview it a little bit now called Canada's Teams. And I think we'll we'll not just talk hockey like you and me uh, are alike in, in the sense that we both love a bunch of different sports and a lot of Canadian sports. So uh, I think we might have a, a couple cool segments coming up for listeners. And um, so stay tuned for that. But first, we'll we'll get into the trade deadline. And I just wanted to ask you, Adam, first, like, obviously, we the Leafs made trades, the Oilers made trades. Um, but what trade? Um, not necessarily today, but overall kind of do you think made a huge significant shift for a team going into the playoffs that might have swung them into to being uh, a cup contender or winning the Stanley Cup? Oof. Um, there were a lot of really strong low-key moves for contenders. Um, obviously, listen, I'll start I'll start at home in Toronto being a Leaf fan. I, I think they had a clear idea of what type of player they needed to add. And so Ryan O'Reilly is a, is a winner. He's a, a captain material guy, a champion. Um, that's the exact type of guy you know, who's shown he can produce in big moments in the playoffs that you need on your team when you got to get into a, a seven-game series with a team like Tampa or, or Boston, who you figure would be on both on your path if you're going to get to a, a Stanley Cup. So that made a lot of sense. I thought that was a really, you know, really smart acquisition. Obviously, McKay was a great acquisition. That that's just the Leafs' perspective. Achari Achari is a little bit underrated as well. That's just the Leafs' perspective. But outside of that, I mean, I think the big splashes have to be uh, out in New York with the Rangers adding just two really big names. Um, they were a team that has some really exciting players already, and uh, to add to add Tarasenko and Kane. I don't know if it if it makes them like a, a full fledged you know cup contender favorite. I don't know if they're in that tier or how you want to tier them, but certainly they're big names and they're guys that you you uh, your attention immediately shifts to, to New York if we're talking about this deadline because they were the big winners movers, the team that made the biggest splash. I would say, yeah, like I, th- I think with your New York Rangers point, like obviously probably especially if you look at those guys maybe five years ago, you're like, oh my god, they got yeah. just maybe two of the kind of top 15 top 20 winners sure. in the league right now tarasenko has been has a good year kane had mm-hmm. a really bad year but was great mm-hmm. last year um, both on the other side of 30 so i think it's an interesting play for the rangers they're big names but um are they kind of in their prime and does it make sense right now with this new york rangers team i don't know i don't know if it does that's why i said i'm not i'm not so um convinced that they're in that contender tier but it was definitely the they were the flashiest moves. They were the biggest name moves. They were the moves that you're you're like most intrigued about of all the teams after post deadline that you're looking at. Like, who am I going to watch if I have like league pass? Am I going yeah. <laughs> to every team at my disposal? Like, I want to see how the Rangers look with you know both Tarasenko and Kane in the lineup, along with the stars they already had. 
and you know fantastic goaltending and and Adam Fox and all these you know these fantastic players like now they've added two more big names to that squad so I, I don't know if it'll work I don't know if it fits the timeline or if it makes them contenders there's teams in the east that I still think are better you know more well-rounded more probably more positioned to win in the playoffs but I'm definitely intrigued by New York I thought the Leafs made a lot of good moves I, I thought um you know, like depth moves, you add Lafferty and, and Achari, two guys to your bottom six, probably. Uh, certainly Achari. I think Lafferty will probably slot in there at some uh, in some capacity as well. McCann, Shin. So you you know you kind of solidify your back line. You do give up Sandine, so it's kind of like a give and take yeah. there. But generally, I think they got better at the back. And then the big move was was Ryan O'Reilly, of course. So so they they're they made a big push. Um, the Bruins made a push with Bertuzzi and and Orlov. So they were already stacked. I mean, it's hard to imagine that team getting any better, but they seem to to do that. So yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams. A lot of teams out east that, that made big moves. Teams that I thought maybe would would make more moves that that uh, stayed a little quiet. Um, but I thought it was a pretty eventful trade week. Not not yeah. today. You, you alluded to it earlier. Like the deadline day was kind of a dud, but that was to be expected given the amount of movement that happened in the week leading up to deadline day. As, as someone, we both we both also like the the NBA. It feels more as though obviously the it was a bit of a a deadline uh, to to make a little <laughs> joke there, but that there was all these players moving at. And just not just players, but big name players moving way ahead of the deadline. And, and it feels that as though because of the cap and all the minutiae that you have to do to retain, to double retain, all that kind of stuff that it seems as though one players are going to be moving more and we see way more big deals. Right. Like I think mm-hmm. if Tarasenko and Kane were only traded uh, like in maybe five years ago in like the deadline period, you'd say, wow, that was a huge trade deadline. But then you sure. can name Chikrin, O'Reilly, Meyer. Oh, yeah. Like there's just so many big name guys moving. And I think it's really good for the league itself just to have kind of movement and people interested on who goes where, kind of like the NBA. So I, I think that's kind of good. Um, maybe not the salary cap itself, but I think one name that I, I thought was a bit underwhelming was Timo Meyer. I, I, I don't think he got as much. He, he got two firsts. Um, I think there was a condition on the other one, a mediocre prospect and a decent NHLer. Um, but I felt as though it was just a bit underwhelming and, and that they could have got more. And I, I think it's interesting to see New Jersey. They're such a young team and they just added this huge stud. And those two teams are right now on course to play each other in the first round. And, one of those teams is going to go home and like, especially if you think about the Rangers, they just spent all this draft capital on rentals, right? Well, New Jersey, not so much. Yeah. So, um, no, no, no. That, and you, it's, a, it's actually a great show. It, you could make a really good case. Meyer was the acquisition of the deadline um, and he fits a little bit more. So their timeline in New Jersey, he's a guy, obviously that there was a lot of discussion about with the Leafs, especially prior to the O'Reilly trade. Then after that, it didn't really seem so feasible, but um, that was a big name that they're like, if the Leafs are going to fork up some of their big prospects, it'll be for a guy like, like Meyer, who's, you know, big physical skilled kind of checks all the boxes. Um, And it made a lot of sense to go to a New Jersey team that has a lot of these skilled players. He could fit in with their their timeline and um, they're going to be, you know, in, in, in a, in a play in a tough playoff series um, with their cross state rivals, or I guess kind of just outside of state rivals. Um, but it'll be, it'll be a, you know, really interesting development. I think for New Jersey to really emerge, like that's the kind of move you need to make. It reminds me a little bit of when the Leafs acquired Tavares, like it's like they had these young players and then they're, they're, 
making this sort of statement of intent. Like now we're ready yeah. to contend. And this is the type of move you need to make. You need to splash a little bit of cash, so to speak, send some prospects or some good young players and some picks to make it happen, to add a guy who's like a, a, a star who's going to make your team substantially better. So even if that's not the move that necessarily wins you the cup, it's like, it's, it's your, 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 you're showing the direction you're looking to go. And uh, yeah, it's a statement of intent. And so I thought New Jersey did a good job with that. And now, now there's no question about the direction. Like they're, they're all in on their young core and, and they're, uh, I think they're a good team. Like they're a team that has, I, again, I don't, I don't think it's going to be this year, but they're a team that has potential for the next few years to build something that maybe they could be a cup contender. No, I totally agree with New Jersey. I think <clears throat> the goaltending has been better this year. Last year they had atrocious goaltending. Now they they have like pretty good, not elite. Um, that's a bit of a question mark. Their decor has been great with Marino. Um, I think I'm, I'm curious what you think, but I, I I think Carolina has just put a major dud. They didn't really, I don't think they made any trade. I could be mistaken, but no, they got Goss to spare for a third. Mm-hmm. Um, but no real big kind of shifting trade. They had their first round picks and and they really, I know they were close on Meyer, I think, um, but that's a team that's second in the NHL and they really didn't do much. And I, I find yeah. that a bit baffling. I, I think, I know they have this thing where they don't like to trade their first round picks. And I mean, I'm not against that. They built an amazing team, but at the same time, are you ever going to go in all in? And if your players in that dressing room, what are you thinking? We're, amazing and we don't get a Tarasenko we don't get a Meyer we don't get a Chikrin we don't get a I don't know O'Reilly uh any of those guys would have would have been needle movers for sure they're a great team though like to your point uh, it, it's kind of a it's it's an interesting it's an interesting you know debate because this year I find it, once the dominoes start falling teams like this year was an arms race every team was was loading up but not every year works out this way maybe this is going to be the new way in the NHL mm-hmm. you you Excuse me, you alluded to it earlier with the NBA being a little bit more like this when one team makes a big move and then all of a sudden all the teams in, in, the, in the conference are like, oh, we got to, you know, we got to match that. We got to find our, our own big move. So it felt like that in the NHL this year for the first time, I would say, in a while where there was really like a, a legitimate arms race between teams in the Eastern Conference, even in the West to an extent, but more so I find in the Eastern Conference. And um, yeah, they, they just they kind of abstained from that and and. They're very good. I, I don't think they needed to make a move per se to be a contender. I think they were already contenders. But certainly when you look at what Boston did, when you look at what Toronto did, when you look at what New Jersey, New York, like these teams in the East that, that they may have to go through at some point, they will have to go through some some combination of those teams uh, if they're going to go make a Stanley Cup final. Uh, and and they they all made moves. And, and yeah, Carolina just kind of sat and, and watched. So you know, we could look back on this and they could they could be the East's representatives uh, in, the, in the Stanley Cup. And we could say, hey, they were able to do that without giving up a first round pick this year, you know, and, and building the model that they're very familiar with and turning those first round picks into really good players who produce for them and uh, on good contracts. Or we can look at this and, and they can be a first or second round exit, losing to one of the teams we just mentioned. Yeah. And um and we can we can have a very different conversation and perspective about it. So I guess the only time will tell. But I was surprised for sure that Carolina didn't push their chips a little bit more to the middle of the table. And I think your your point's really interesting. I think and to go to the NBA a little bit and the arms race and the philosophy, you see teams like Boston traded two first round picks. Um, Tampa Bay traded all those picks for Tanner Janot. The Leafs went in with what well, they traded two first round picks, a bunch of seconds. Right. Like they they went all in 
And I think it's just really interesting to, to see that and just the philosophy difference between a team like Carolina that says, no, we're really good. Let's just keep the chemistry, no big changes. And then teams like Tampa Bay and the Leafs just throwing draft picks like it's nothing. Yeah. And that's a bit like the NBA and, and just makes for interesting. Like the Tanner Janot trade, everyone just was like, what? It sounded like as though everyone in the NHL front offices were thinking, what? That's for a third line guy. But again, like the Hagel trade, like Barkley Goudreau, um, trades they value cap um, cap space and it sounds like they'll sign him and 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 just value that third line so in Tampa so I think it's just really interesting how stacked the East is I've never seen the East this good especially compared to the West that that doesn't seem nearly at the same level no I would agree I would agree it's there's definitely a power struggle right now and and the power is in East <clears throat> excuse me my voice is giving out right now okay I apologize but I, I would agree with everything you said. I think if you're if you're the Leafs, there's a little bit more desperation to make a trade like that. Yeah. When you compare yourself to like Carolina, for example, who has this young core, hasn't been eliminated in first rounds six straight years or wherever it's been for the Leafs. Like, yeah. If you're Dubas, you, you have no leash. You have to push your chips. Uh, yeah. No, I I completely agree, and I kind of want to go to to the kind of our Canada's team segment. I think we've. Hit it, or actually, I, I want to first go to the West a little bit. I think what's interesting is that no one really went all in. The Avs added Corpusalo and um, Gavrikov, but um, and I don't think there was any other first round picks that were traded. The Avs kept their pick. The Jets, Dallas, everyone kind of kept their first round pick. So um, it's really interesting that teams and or obviously Edmonton traded their first round pick for Ekholm. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, uh do you need do you need some time are you okay yeah yeah good um but yeah so uh, i'm having a cough attack over here i have to keep muting yeah. myself but i'm i'm doing great i'm feeling amazing okay <laughs> just just making sure but uh just to yeah. go to that point is that it's interesting that only a couple teams in the west went all in the edmontons the las but but they really and it's wide open it seems like in the west while in the east it's just it's just going to be a battle and uh, I don't even know who's the last one standing. I think Boston's obviously the best team, but as you mm-hmm. said, like, in the playoffs, like anything can happen, and it'll, it'll be really interesting. I, I but it's interesting that it's wide open in the West, and not that many teams went all in. My Jets didn't really make an all in move, um, and uh, Vegas didn't, um, which they normally tend to do. So we'll we'll see what kind of happens in, in the playoffs, and I really. I really like a couple teams out west with Edmonton and the Avs and and the, but again I've anyone at, that makes the playoffs in the west I think could make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, and they have a chance. I think we let's, let's start with the Oilers. Um you mentioned the Ekholm trade. I thought it was it was a smart trade. I saw some some things about uh he's making too much money, we're locked into this contract. Yada yada yada. The the bottom line is when you have 97 on your team, you're a contender. And every year that you let go by that you don't win a cup is a wasted year. And they addressed the need. They had uh, a deficient. They, they've been one of the teams that's allowed the most goals this season. Yeah. Um, part of that falls on goaltending, but part of that, I think their back line is a little bit shaky. And mm-hmm. uh, and they tried to solidify it with a with a proven defensive defenseman, um, a guy who can can you know shut down a top you know be a top pairing guy and shut down some 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 of the opponents they're going to have to face in in Western playoff uh, series. So. I, I thought it made sense. I think it's the kind of move again. You got to kind of make a desperation move if you're 
the Oilers, the Leafs. Like, there's teams that have more pressure to make those moves than others. Um, and maybe Carolina, like to your point earlier, maybe, maybe they're not one of those teams that feels that they have that pressure yet. Yeah. Every team gets there eventually, but it kind of depends what where you are in your cycle, you know, of winning and losing, where the previous successes come from, how long you've had to wait. Um, for teams like Edmonton, you're always going to be in that win now mode when you, as long as you have Connor McDavid on your team. And for the Leafs, I mean, in this market, you have to win, and they haven't won in forever. It's been way too long. So um, obviously, that's that that's the pressure. Everyone's jobs on the line if if they get eliminated in the first round again, and everyone knows that. So. Certainly, um, from Dubas's perspective, he knew he had to do some things. Yeah. And whether they end up working out or not, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, you can't fault him for lack of effort or lack of thoughts and ideas because he, he he tried a whole bunch of things. And, and it's a very different roster. I, I, I can't remember a team that's sitting as high in the standings as the Leafs, making as many changes, like a quantity of changes, as they did in this trade deadline week. Like, there's like seven new faces and it's, like for a team that's having success, that's doing so well, it's very atypical to see that. Yeah. I mean, I guess my question to you is like someone that, I mean, I follow the Leafs, but I'm, I'm not a fan. Are you worried about that? That that there's too much kind of like, I, I think Elliot Friedman talked about how they, I think it was on the Fan 590 this, this morning that he thought that some people in the Leafs organization were just worried. I think they have like nine defensemen now. Yeah. Right. How do you ha- fit all those egos kind of like weirdly more like basketball? Like, how do you kind of get everyone to go and be it, like to steady the shift and all go in the, the same direction? Right. I-, I think they'll be fine. It's hockey. And there's definitely more of that, like kind of for the team. But it'll be interesting to see. But what do you think of Kyle Dubas? And, and I wonder how you think about this analogy. Do you think he's kind of he's a free agent at the end of the year? Is he? kind of doing a 2015 Alex Anthopoulos and just <laughs> I knew you were going to go there for some reason <laughs> just um maybe just, just screw it and throw all the draft picks and let's go all in yeah but they That's did the right. they did get a they got a first back I believe in the Sandine trade yeah, right? so and they didn't end up flipping that one no so I guess if that was the logic he probably would have moved that one too um I, I do think there's listen his job's on the line like that's that much I will agree with um so whether he's just throwing caution to the wind and you know pushing, I think I think he know he knows that the Leafs need to get through the first round this year. Uh, this year, and um, you know if he feels like there are moves that will help do that, even potentially at the expense of some of the future prospects or or, or draft uh, draft picks, he'll do that. And obviously he did that. So I, I think there wasn't really much of a choice though. I mean, when you run the same core back year after year after year. And you lose year after year after year. Like you have to, at some point, something needs to give and you need to make a little bit more um, of a splash. And I think Brian O'Reilly was that splash. I mean, he's, he's, he's a winner. He's a guy who's, who's done it. He's a guy who's, yeah, sure. On the, on the other side of 30, but um, not so long ago has lifted a Stanley cup with a C on his chest. Like that's, that's the type of player you brought into your environment. Uh, a, a winning player who knows how to get it done in the playoffs, who obviously is also very skilled, um, and then, you know, you complement that move with a top four defenseman in McCabe and, you know, some good depth pieces who also have experienced winning a culture like Achari, a guy who's spent, you know, a good portion of his career playing on winning teams, playing playoff type hockey. Uh, his game, whether it's in the playoffs or not, is a playoff style of hockey. So I, I think I'm not worried about the continuity. There are worries for the least for me, but they're more about. Uh, goaltending, not yeah. not because they haven't had good goaltending, because I think they actually have, but <clears throat> because they don't have that proven 
star goaltender that you're going to have to, you're going to come against the Vasilevsky. You're going to come against maybe an Allmark, right? So do they have a guy at that level? No. In my opinion, they don't. Can Samsonov or Murray get hot and, and play at a high level? Yeah. And we've seen Matt Murray win a Stanley Cup doing that. That was a while ago, but we've seen it. So, yeah, but that's, that's happened, yes, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> I mean, as a Sens fan as well, I have to, to wear my both my Jets and uh, uh, Sens cap. But as a Sens fan, that's what we always told ourselves that Matt Murray would, would pr- provide for us. He has been good for you guys. He just keeps getting injured every single second. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, that they they not like when I saw the O'Reilly trade made sense. I was like, great. And then when I saw the McCabe trade, I was really surprised because that was really an all-in. And, and you mentioned the Sandine, they got a, a first back. So that kind of makes sense. I always thought, were they going to go for Vilmelka, another kind of goalie, because um, Murray's been so injured and, and injury-prone. But yeah, um, you really have to get lucky. And I think with Cal Dubas, he, he made a big kind of philosophical decision to say we're not going to have a starting goalie we're going to go with a tandem and ride the wave and that's one people cups before um mm-hmm. but and with Matt Murray essentially too in, in the 16 and 17 run but um it'll be really interesting to see I think I actually kind of disagree with you I don't I think he's done everything to show himself to be the right man for the job but yeah. If you lose, like, what are you going to tell Kyle Dubas to make the team better? Like, this team should have. No, won. no, no. I, I don't mean I, I actually bad way. I, I just mean, no. yeah. I agree with you as well. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking kind of coming from. I know how this works, you know, in the Toronto market. Like, it's, it's not. You can do a great job, but if they don't win, then people will say he made moves, but they weren't the right moves, you know. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, we, you know, this, I know this. The players on the ice, the 20 players who dress, they're going to decide whether the Leafs make it past the first round or not. It's not Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas, I would agree, has done his job in improving the team from day one to the trade deadline. Like, that's what that's all you can do as a general manager. You can make the team better. And I think, you know, clip as many of these segments on TV that you're hearing as possible because when things don't work out for the Leafs in round one and, you know, Dubas is on the hot seat. Remember what the guys on the TSN panel were saying and the Sportsnet panel were saying about the job that Dubas did at the trade deadline because it's all revisionist history at that point. Then it's like, oh, they lost. So obviously, you know, O'Reilly wasn't the guy, you know, to bring them over the over the hump if they weren't able to win that first round series against Tampa. So unfortunately, that's the way it is. It's very result. Sports are very results oriented and. And that's not entirely fair to GM sometimes because they do the things that in theory are the right moves. Um, but if it doesn't work out, I mean, it'll be what seven straight first round exits. Like you can't hide from that reality either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think, I, I think like the problem is that they've always played Tampa or Boston and teams like really good teams. And if they were in, I don't know, the central or the Pacific, they probably have made the conference finals and maybe the Stanley cup final. Right. Um, and I think you have to put more of an onus on guys like Marner, Matthews, especially if you looked at that Hab series, that was probably the biggest indictment of those players, right? Um, not to <laughs> rub salt in the wound, and obviously the Nick Felino trade didn't go well for Dubas, but he got injured, and you can't, you can get a guy, and if he gets injured, he gets injured. There's not so much, mm-hmm. and Tavares got it. Like, everything kind of went wrong. Yeah, at the same time. It did, it did. It. But yeah, like, to your point, yeah, you get Tampa, you get Boston in first rounds. How can you really assess the manager for those types of matchups? Those are tough matchups. 
if, even for the best teams in the NHL, those are really tough matchups. So it's kind of unfortunate when the, you know, the, the, the playoff alignment puts you pins you against some of these top teams in round one, but to your point, you get a team on paper in Montreal a couple of years ago who you need to beat and you lose in seven. Yeah. You get a team, uh, I know this is, you know, just immediately post COVID, but, or uh, post the co- co- post COVID break, but you get Columbus in a five game series, in a wildcard series and a mm. team that's nowhere near your level um, talent wise and you lose. So I agree with you that, that, you know, you, you've gotten the short end of the stick matching up with Boston and Tampa every, every other year, but in there, there have been series that you've played severely inferior opponents and on paper anyways, I know games aren't won on paper, but yeah. you, you, you know, you haven't won. So the pressure's on the Leafs core for sure. Um, I think everyone sort of assumed, I sort of assumed as good as the team looked last year, mm-hmm. that there would be some moves in the offseason, maybe a Nylander, maybe like a big move. I, I think we all kind of thought a big move was coming because how can you lose six first rounds in a, in a row and not make a drastic change? And they kind of, you know, waited it out and went into the offseason and held their cards tight to their chest. And I think they made the sensible decision, which was not to blow everything up, but to make these small sort of moves to find their opportunities to add pieces during the season, which they did. And I think this is probably the best Leafs team I can remember. It doesn't really matter. It hasn't mattered in the past, but this team probably feels like the most complete cup ready. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like, I think this team is is by far the best um, Leafs team I've, I've I've ever seen. I think they've they've added a lot, and um, it'll be really interesting to see how they do against Tampa. That's been such a good team, and um, yeah, I, I think what will be really interesting to see is do Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander finally take this team over the over such a mighty team in, in, in the Tampa Bay lightning and do they get the goaltending? I think mm. that's the problem is, is, or maybe not the problem, but the, the worry is <clears throat> Vasilevsky steals two games and you just don't get a game that's uh, stolen for you. But um, is there anything else on the Leafs kind of deadline and trades and playoffs that you'd want to get into? Or um, I, I, we can, we can move on to, to the Oilers or to another team. Yeah, no, I, I think the Leafs did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm content with the deadline. I did think there might have been something else coming today. Yeah. We alluded to that first round pick that they didn't move in the Sandine trade. So I thought maybe there might have been something there, but obviously it didn't come to fruition. I think I, I think if I was a player on the team, I would feel confident about, about the moves that were made. And mm-hmm. they pushed their chips to the, <clears throat> to the middle of the table. Excuse yeah. me. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, let's let's move to another team that that put uh, all their uh, chips in into the table, and and with the Edmonton Oilers, I think what was really interesting is not necessarily who that they made that big deal, but that they went for a guy like Ekholm with a lot of term, then go for a rental, and also someone that has such a like high AAV, right? Like that's not someone that with a team like Edmonton that's so cap in uh capped out I guess uh and don't really have any cap flexibility to take someone on like Ekholm is 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 such a big deal and I mean he's really good but he's 32 he's played a lot of playoff games which is good but also bad for the body um and I don't know if he's necessarily a good kind of contract long term but 
They signed Zach Hyman. They signed Ryan Nugent Hawkins for eight-year deals. Why are they doing that? Because it's better for the cap, but also because who cares in eight years? They're going to be McDavid. Well, hopefully McDavid's still there for their own sake, but um, that's they they need the cap doesn't matter, um, and they need to go all in. And I think they did enough. They added Bukestad as well, a good kind of forward, depth forward, third liner. So I think they made enough moves to make it to the finals. Now, do they beat a team in the East? I, I think they're probably not good enough, but I, I liken them a lot to the 17 Penguins that didn't really have the greatest decor because Latang was out and just had Malkin and Crosby at their peak and just dominated teams and strangled you to death and played really smart hockey. And they haven't been a good enough defensive team. They also, Jack Campbell has just been atrocious. Um, but Stuart Skinner has been good. And um, like I had Mark Spector on and he said, well, they probably won't win games three, two, but they could win four, three. They're that good offensively. And I really like that line because I think that's kind of true. Like McDavid and Dreisaitl are that good and they just need to stop the puck from getting their net just enough to as stupid as it sounds, it's really true. Um, So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we saw it the other day against the Leafs, like, Mm-hmm. It's just they, they can outscore you, even if you're a really good offensive team like Toronto is. They can outscore you because their players are that special, and particularly '97 is that special. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I uh, I totally agree. So why don't we go a little bit to to the uh, the Senators, and and obviously Chikrin, uh is the big name for the Senators, and as a Sens fan, I I couldn't be happier. I think. Pierre Dorian just did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, obviously, it's you're giving up a lot. It's a 2023 pick. It's going to be, I mean, they actually look like they have a chance of making the playoffs now. But even if they don't, it's a 12 to maybe 18 pick probably um, in a really, really good draft class. So that's probably more like a five or six in another year, like next year or something mm-hmm. and two second round picks. Um, so yeah, they don't have a lot of draft capital. They don't have a pick till the fourth round this year, which is not the greatest year. So there is like, they're taking a risk, but you have a really, really good player. This team has just been screaming. I think he said, Everyone knows that the Ottawa Senators are looking for a top four defenseman. Pierre Dorian just has really weird um, quotes. He said he he uh, he said that he did this for Claude Giroux and, and stuff like that. But I think what it really does for the team is just address the defense. They're going to have to figure out who they have. Three out of their four best defensemen are lefties. Who goes to the right? They don't have a like for you, you guys have a TJ Brody with the Leafs that's a lefty but can play the offside. They don't really have any of Sanderson, Shabbat, or or Chikrin that really play it. So they have to figure it out. But again, you get really good players and you figure it out, right? You, you don't need to, to worry too much. Um, and I just think this team is really set. And I think next year they could be – I think they can sneak into the playoffs, honestly, right now. If you look at the standings – they're four points out and they have three games in hand on the Islanders. Buffalo's tied with them, have a game in hand on them, but um, they have a really tough schedule, but I think they have a chance and you make the playoffs. That's a huge growth. And then next year, maybe you can go to the third round and then maybe the year after, obviously this is wishful thinking, but I, I really think this just adds to a core that's just so good. And if they can get to Brinkett signed, who's been a bit underwhelming, but still a good player. 
Um, Stutzla looks like a star. Kachuk looks like a horse. And in the playoffs, is just perfect. Like, he's just so good on the boards, hard on the puck, hits, gets underneath your skin. Uh, he's nicer than Brad Marchand, but um, that kind only of... Just. Only <laughs> just. Um, so I think it's just a win-win. And for Doran, you have to give him a lot of credit. Like he said... In the summer, we were linked to Chikrin, and they didn't make the deal because they wanted a Rid- Ridley Gregg or two first-rounders or whoever it may be, and Dorian waited out the market till he got what he wanted, kind of like Debrinket. Like, Debrinket was a first, a second, and a third, but that's not a crazy deal. Like, you look at Ekholm, he basically got two firsts, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, like, the Leafs gave up a first and a second for McCabe and Lafferty. O'Reilly was a first, second, third-rounder, so... I just mm-hmm. think it's really good business and they he looked really good and he's from Ottawa kind of, or he has like, I think his grandparents are from here. So um, yeah. overall uh, we, we, we definitely won, won the trade and uh, I'm just so excited to to see them in a couple of weeks when I go to a bunch of games. So um, yeah. 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 I like what the Sens have done and on paper they're, they're a juggernaut. I mean, they're very, very well constructed team on paper. At least they have a lot of good players. To your point, you know, you could sort some of the, the finer details out, like who's going to shift over to the right side or, or, you know, those things, those things can happen, but they have talent all, all across their roster. It's a very good team. Even in a loaded Atlantic division, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were, you know, right in, in one of those top three playoff spots next year. And they have a shot this year. It's going to take, you know, a, a strong effort. Somebody did the math on it and they got, they got to have a pretty good win percentage um, yeah. the the rest of the way out to, to sneak in, but they they have a shot, and next year I would say they have a very good chance, even in a division that has Tampa and Boston and Toronto in it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, I mean, I don't want to get into the kind of how many points they need, but they've been one of the best teams in the league basically since December. Um, they, I think they're 11-3-1 and one in their last 15 or something. So they've, they've been playing well. They play have two easy games. They play Columbus and Chicago if they can win that then you're right there. So um, I think they still need depth, like uh, to look at a team like the Leafs. Um, just you look at their third and fourth line, their bottom pair. Well, you guys have, as we said, nine defensemen. They're not <laughs> at that kind of depth yet, right? Yeah. They, they really haven't been scoring from their um, third and fourth lines. They're, I think they're the worst five-on-five scoring team, team in the league um, wow. with an amazing power play, like top five. So that, those are things they need to get better. But I think with Chikrin, he helps one keep the puck out of the net. Um, he is, he's an analytics, for the most part, analytics darling. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but also can score and give the puck to the forwards. Right. And when on this team, when you have Travis Hamanick just icing at every four, <laughs> uh, it, it's a bit harder. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's not much else I can say other than great job. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to go, from one team that everyone, their fan base is just loving their GM to a team that um, really is perplexed by their second GM in two years with uh, Jimmy Rutherford and, and Patrick Alvin in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. They they obviously traded Horvat. I, I felt that was a bit underwhelming, but they, they mm-hmm. got assets and then they make that heroic trade. And just, <laughs> I do not understand. It doesn't. Nobody seem, does. There's no vision. They're not close. They're what the sixth or seventh worst team in the league. I, I just, I, if you like, what do you think of that? Yeah. I, I don't know what to make of it either. Um, 
you you can't be in a position like Vancouver is and and be buyers you know well they're sellers and then they're buyers a week later I, I don't really I, I don't know what to make of it either but giving up a first round pick in this draft class um it's illogical I mean it's it's poor management uh on on the it's, it's the nicest term for it really yeah. uh incompetence would be probably yeah. a more yeah a more accurate term but it's really it's really head scratching and the people of Vancouver deserve better um the Canucks have kind of been in this weird holding pattern for oh man, a long time, really it's since, since their cup run, what, 2010, they, they haven't really been a team that anyone's looked at as a real contender any year, um, but they're usually not the worst team in the league either. So they're always in this sort of in between. And there was finally a sense of some direction, maybe when they traded Horvat where they were heading. Yeah. Um, and, and then that, that lasted for like five days and now we don't know who they are again or where they're going. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very confused. Um, I think, I think there's a reason they've they've uh, been you know where they have for so long, kind of in purgatory because of moves like this, and uh, and I think Vancouver Canucks fans have every right to be a little bit skeptical of their management right now. Yeah, and I think I think there was all this hope when Rutherford came in that he'd steady the course. They played better last year under Boost Brudro, um, and then this year's just been a year from hell, right? Like they've Boudreaux is basically they're chanting his name because they know he's going to get fired rather than like the whole world knows he's getting fired. Um, but they just don't do it. Um, obviously they've had injuries and then they signed like the, the, the start of it is JT Miller, right? Like he mm-hmm. probably could have got a bigger or similar package to Bo Horvat, who's their captain who doesn't have, isn't a tyrant that, their best player likes right um jt miller seems like all indications does not get along with elias Pettersson. yeah um, and then they make a move like signing mckayev as well who's a good player got injured and like unfortunate but just why are you signing guys right now to long-term deals um look at kuzmenko right like they trade horvat they sign kuzmenko for two years it's like well you're not winning the cup in two years why are you you could have got a first round pick probably for him. He was, he's been that good. Right. Or yeah. two seconds. Um, it just, there does- was a lot of, and there was a, a huge market for JT Miller. I know like who wouldn't want to add a, a goal scorer of his caliber. Um, I think Pittsburgh was big on him and, and they were willing to offer. I, I saw something about multiple firsts. I don't know how true that is, but I mean, he's a very good player. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's head scratching for sure. Like I, I don't understand where they're going. I don't know the, the rhyme or re- if there's any rhyme or reason behind who they decide to keep and who goes, but yeah, the, it, it it doesn't really seem like they know where they're heading. Yeah, and and I mean there's all these rumors about Brock Besser getting traded, and you're probably trading him at as as a distressed asset rather than as kind of at a good time to do it. Right? I mean he's been a thirty goal scorer, um, just an elite goal scorer when he's playing well, and you've just kind of it seems like you've just screwed him up. He's been in trade rumors for three years now. Um, and JT Miller, you signed the wrong guy. You, you just, you should have, I mean, that Horvat deal will be terrible probably too, like the JT Miller deal, but I'd rather have Bo, Bo Horvat on my team and he's your yeah. captain too, right? So um, I just feel bad, like a, a good friend of mine, Kieran, who I used to do, post, like just a huge Canucks fan and he's just in disarray. So um it's it just sad uh to see and um yeah i i want to uh move a little bit to to my jets from 
one fan base that's upset, probably not to the same extent that Canucks fans are, but I know Murata Tash, who I had on um, earlier last year before the season, um, put up a poll to, to Jets fans just now of how they felt about the deadline and, and 15% said they were happy, 15, 85% wow. <laughs> said they're unhappy. So that kind of shows you, and they've been skidding. I think they've lost six out of their last seven. Um, they've kind of played playing more like the loosey goosey team they were last year with no defense um, and, and guys like Mark Shifley and, and, and stuff really not holding their own. But at the same time, it, as we've mentioned in the West, it's so open and they have all their guys are basically expiring next year. They have Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois in a way because he's an RFA with one year left. So if he took his qualifying 24 wheeler, um, so they have all these just now need a rider who they just got. Right. And mm-hmm. why are you not going all in this year to get a Meyer, to get a Chikrin, to get someone to really make this team a cup contender in a West where sure. If I put, if we played the abs or um, the, the Oilers, I'd be scared, but I, could I, do, could I see them beating them? Yeah, sure. Hellebuck's an amazing goalie. You have. Yeah. Josh Norrissey, uh, as we say now, um, <laughs> like had an amazing year, point a game. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for Eric Carlson, he'd probably win the Norris, right? So uh, it just it just doesn't make sense. They're kind of half in, half out. They got Nemestikov, cool. That's a third line player, but that like yeah. that, that's not changing you winning a, a round in the playoffs, really. Um, and so it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I'd rather have them traded Dubois and. Shifley and just done a tear down for for Bedard if they weren't going to go all in with a team that was doing really well until the past kind of two three weeks. Yeah, and and I think you know to your point earlier, maybe the the piece that's going to win them around is is the piece that's already there in Connor Hellebuck. Uh, goaltending, as we know, is the great equalizer and hot goaltender. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. So when he's when he's on, um, he he's he's good enough to win you a, a playoff series to to make. A deeper run than that, I, I'd be a little bit skeptical um, because I don't think they're the, the deepest team. Like of all the Canadian teams, if I was to put money on who I think could go far, I, I would I would say probably I'd put both Edmonton and Toronto ahead mm-hmm. of, uh, of a Winnipeg. Um, having said that, you know they they do have players who are playoff experienced. They have great goaltenders, so they have a lot of the recipes for teams that can kind of make that one of those surprise runs. But yeah, not not doing anything um, notable at the deadline or not taking a big swing at the deadline is probably a, a a mistake. And especially when you when you start to look into their cap situation, uh, and as you're as you're explaining it, you know this would have been the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, so to not do it now is kind of almost a maybe a, not not an under, not a full understanding of where you actually are, how close you are, or or where the team will be in two or three years because. Um, you're right. They could have gone one of two directions. They could have gone full teardown, tank for Bedard, or they could have pushed their chips in the middle of the table. And both of those directions would have made more sense than where they are right now. Yeah, no, I know. I, I totally agree. And and the kind of we talked about New Jersey earlier, and I just wanted to make that point is that's a team that's up up and coming. And if they didn't make a move like a Meyer, it makes sense. Like they're still a really good team, young. Like you talk about cycles. They're they're not in a position where Oh, in three years, we don't have Jack Hughes or Nico Heesier. Maybe not Jesper Bratt, who's a 
um, might leave, but they have that core in place to be good for a while with this Jets team. A lot of their guys are in their mid to late twenties or thirties now with Shifley um, and like Hellebuck. Right. And so it's just, it's just tough to to see why you don't go all in when they're all expiring in, in a year or two. And um, you don't want all those guys leaving for, for nothing. Right. So unless mm-hmm. you somehow extend them all other than maybe Wheeler, it doesn't really make sense. Um, I think, just rapid fire, I think, to, to touch on the Flames, they didn't really do anything. No. Uh, they they kind of stead pat. They made a little Dryden, uh, Dryden Hunt. Is that the right name from, from you guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a periphery move. but And that's another team. I, I know we're going to just sort of skim over them, but yeah, what a, what an interesting team the Flames are with mm-hmm. the offseason they had and, and the total the retool as opposed to the total rebuild. Because if you're going to trade your two best players, you know, you can get a lot of assets for them, but they opted in a different direction to go for a team that would for, for return rather that would keep them competitive in the West. Yeah. And it looked good for a while. Um, but now the, the wheels have sort of fallen off recently and for them to stay pat, essentially that I would, I would put that in, in a tier with any of the other teams you mentioned as one of the big head scratchers because they don't have a direction either. A lot of these, <laughs> that's the thread with these Canadian teams is like, we, they're not a young team. They're not, uh, currently in a playoff spot and uh, they might not make the playoffs and they don't really have, um, you know, an exciting future. I wouldn't say they, they, they kind of know what you're going to get with this group now. So I, I don't know what the flames are, are thinking either. It's interesting. I forget who it was. I heard it today and there's been so many insiders speaking. So I, like whoever said this on TSN or Sportsnet, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I think it was, I think it was Friedman or it might've been Dreger, but I think it was Friedman said that basically they teams were asking them about guys like I think Lindholm and other players that are kind of expiring. They didn't have any big expirings this year, but a lot of good players expiring in 2024 to kind of see where they were at. And the flames are like, well, we don't really know. We don't know what this team is. Right. And then Markstrom has been atrocious. They've got really like, I think they're probably a playoff team if they got league average goaltending. Right. Um, and haven't, but they, there's also a lot of new pieces. They have Kadri, Huberdo, uh, Uyghur, um, kind of big foundational. And then you have all these, obviously, Kachuk and Goudreau that left. So they, I think you're right. They're a really interesting team. And I think they did the right thing to kind of don't really, what's the point in adding? And if you're going to trade guys away, make it an offseason thing. Cause you, I don't know. I, I still think if kind of they get goaltending, they could be a really good team. And if they snuck into the playoffs, like that'd be great. But um, if they don't, they'll have yeah. a great pick in a deep class. So it, 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 I think they did the right thing. But it's interesting that it seems like they even didn't know what to do. No, no, not at all. And, and to the point of, I, I will agree with like, I would fully expect Mark Markstrom to have positive regression because I believe in him as a goaltender. I think he's very talented. Um, and I've liked him from his Vancouver days as well, but. Yeah, not not having a good year, so you can't. It's hard in general when you when you just don't get a lot out of that position um, in the National Hockey League in today's game. Like that's that's an area you can't afford to be to be bad. And uh, but I would, if I was a betting, I mean, I am a betting man. If I was to bet on the Flames, I would bet that they have a, a big bounce back year with with regards to the goaltending next year. So if, maybe if they keep the pieces around, the ideas they they actually believe they're better than they really are, or than they than they've showed this year. I, I mean, I don't know if we can go into it too quickly, but I do wonder the 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 status of of Daryl Sutter 
with this team because they really underperformed in the playoffs last year. They just got smoked by that Oilers team. They just gave up all those goals. What was it? Nine, seven, nine, six, that first game. I forget. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something like that. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but it was, it was a lot of goals and, yeah. um, and just, I, I think it was uh Peltier. He had his first game and Sutter kind of had the post game press conference and just, oh, I didn't see number 12 on the ice or like kind of was snarly. And I, I just think in today's game with young people, that's just not how you treat them. Like that's, that's just not what you <laughs> He's do. He's very old school. He's very old school. And and I agree with you. I think if I was a player in today's game, I would probably like want to tell him where to go, but yeah. That's and, 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 there. And that he's a complete, I think players have seemed to like him. He won cups. Now that doesn't mean people like you look at Bab, Mike Babcock, but um, I just think that kind of coach doesn't seem to really make a lot of sense now. And, um, I just wonder if they got another coach, if, if that would maybe be something kind of like the Jets did this year, where they just said, hey, it's the coach. Let's come back, see where we are and maybe get a bit re- a positive regression with uh, Markstrom and, and all that. Um, I think to to move on to, to the last Canadian team in the Habs, um, I mean, they didn't really do anything, all very peripheral moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they'd do more. Obviously, they traded Dodonov for Gurionov, which is it like a an interesting play but i guess monahan it sounds like they found out today that he might not be back this year they didn't trade edmondson who has a year left um but i, I don't, if i'm a habs fan do i say should we have tried harder to be like chicago and the ducks and really tank for bedard because right now they're the fifth or sixth worst team yeah yeah, I, pro- the answer is probably yes um because I, what else are you playing for at this point um and and especially with any expiring contracts like you mentioned like th- th- what's the, what's the purpose if you can get assets for them why not uh if they make your team even incrementally worse why not because at this point that's you, you're the the draft lottery is your stanley cup if you're if you're a Habs fan so yeah it, it, that's a bit of a head scratcher i mean they are they are going to probably have a top five pick yeah and it might be first if they're very lucky but um yeah i'm surprised they weren't selling a little bit more aggressively yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to get it up right now, but I believe they're the sixth worst team in the league. Like, they're very close. Yeah, they're the seventh, I think. Um, quick math. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's a bit... feels but, like they're worse than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the, on the ice, like, you see the Canucks and they have talent and you see the Habs and they don't, other than maybe Suzuki, right? Um, I think Montembeau yeah. has been really good for them, which is interesting. I mean, that's the thing goal goaltending can be weird you find a guy who's it is. 30 and just has a career year and then sucks for the rest of his career but they've, they've actually had very good goaltending so i think that's a bit of it but they're in the right direction i think we'll see with the odds like if they get bedard if they get a fantilly even a top seven pick it sounds like will be a big game change in this class yeah but if they get a bedard if they get a fantilly like you can see them being pretty good with all the picks they've accumulated. They have another top pick with that Ben Sherratt trade, which is just like, you should win GM of the year for that trade right now, because that's going to be probably a top 15 pick in a loaded draft class for Ben Sherratt, who's just atrocious or um, yeah. So, uh, but good for them. Is there any, anything else you'd want to touch on the Habs? No, I, I gener as a general rule, I like to not talk about the Habs. 
yeah <laughs> fair enough fair enough i think no, before no. we go I, I wanted to 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 quickly go to which team had the best deadline in your opinion and which team had the worst deadline in your opinion the best oof new jersey and ottawa but mm-hmm. i don't think it makes them contenders so for that reason i'll say boston or toronto boston's finessing of the cap is is you know to be commended bonus um, the bonus yeah. yeah yeah exactly they're playing they're playing tampa but they're um i mean they made a fantastic roster better somehow so they have to be Orlando up there like three goals in four games with them yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's unbelievable so so boston and toronto i would say um i'm trying not to be too biased towards the leafs but i do think they had a really good deadline so i think you have to tip your cap when 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 it's appropriate and i think this is one of those times where you know it was appropriate yeah, um, Ottawa and, and New Jersey are my honorable mentions. And, of course, the Rangers because of the splash they made. Whether it works out or not will we'll be seen you know, soon. But uh, they certainly like pushed their chips in the middle. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think I'm going to say I, like, I'm a homer with the sense. I think they had the best trade, like the best just smart, bar, like not bargain because they gave up a lot, but just reading the market – getting the guy they need at the right price and everything. I, I actually, I, I think I'm going to go with the Leafs. I think they really added, I, I remember seeing the the McCabe trade and Lafferty and thinking, wow, okay. Like they're, they're really good. Like I really like the O'Reilly trade. I thought Achari was a really underrated player to get back in that. Um, Dubas always likes to get two for ones um, or like two players in a trade. That's his, that's his thing with the same team. Yeah. Um, so I really like, I think Boston got better, but at the same time, you, you like, what are you doing to a a Porsche? You're just making it slightly better. Like they're, they're they're, they're perfect. Um, obviously you can always get better, but I don't know if that them getting those guys really changed how I saw them necessarily, but with the Leafs, I really felt they, they made their board group better. They made their decor better. And Mm -hmm. I can't think of another team that really, in my opinion, as we started the show, pushed them from a team. I thought they were really good before, but to a team, I'm oh, I can see them winning the cup if if things fall their way. Yeah. And if they had got Karel from Melko with that first round pick, I probably would have said I really, really like them um even more uh to to make it out of the East. Um, but that I think that's it. And maybe my worst deadline, I think just Arizona. I'm just gonna the say whole, Yeah, the whole state of Arizona needs to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, screw uh, KD and the Suns. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think just the Chikrin trade, they just blew their hand. They're getting Voracek. Um, I think it doesn't make, they're just circumventing the cap. I think every talk radio show said that after the Chikrin and, and Voracek trade with regards to Arizona, just because they're just taking guys that have played 10 years ago and using their old contracts to get to, to 62 million or whatever the cap floor is. And it's, yeah, it's bad. It's really, the whole, I mean, that's a whole other, this is a whole other podcast topic, but um, what's happening in Arizona, the NHL is, is like really disappointing for the league. And, and I think uh, hopefully they come to a, a, a resolution sooner rather than later that it that doesn't involve the team playing in, in Arizona. That's just, yeah, no. it's not just my opinion. I'm sure it's many people's opinions. But. And just at the very least, not playing in a 5,000 seat arena with, when um asu the 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 college gets uh, first dibs on home games um oh, maybe yeah. that would, 
maybe that would be better gary um but uh, yeah. yeah well adam <laughs> thanks so much for for uh going through this and i know you've been sick throughout this a little bit so oh, yeah <laughs> yourself and uh keeping the conversations great and i hope to have you on uh sometime soon and and not just for hockey but uh i mean we're, we're alike in the sense that we uh both love a billion different sports um not always the same teams as manchester united <laughs> beat, uh last weekend but uh uh we just i'm just really excited for this and and, and thanks so much for taking the time I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And I, I can say safely, this is, I've done a lot of interviews and this is the toughest one I've ever had to do. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, uh, an audio version, you, you don't see me just absolutely choking on myself every 15 seconds, but it's been a brutal hour. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate you bearing with me and just uh, trying to <laughs> let me figure out how, how to get words out of my mouth. But um I'd I'd love to come on in the near future and hopefully not have that problem. Yeah, no, I know. I'm sure next time uh, we'll get good and I'll, <laughs> I'll send you a bunch of uh, cough medicine just uh, <laughs> just to make sure you're you're ready. So, well, thank you so much, and uh, listeners, stay tuned. We have some cool guests coming up for basketball, hockey. Uh, stay tuned, um, and yeah, take care, guys. <laughs>